Welcome to Journey to Brave, a podcast dedicated to empowering women to heal from trauma, cultivate self-acceptance, and fearlessly step into the most brave version of themselves. Hosted by me, Kaya Hunter, certified life and shadow work coach, breathwork facilitator, and NLP and hypnosis master practitioner. Join me as we dive deep into how trauma and the wounds from our past can affect us, how we can heal, find strength, create emotional well-being, and ultimately create the life you've always bloody well dreamed of. I believe that healing as well as self-acceptance are the foundations for personal growth, and we'll explore the tools, the strategies and practices so that you can create your own journey to brave. Ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to give a shout out and a big big thank you to those of you who've messaged me to say how much the podcast has helped. It really means the world to me that you took a few minutes out of your day to send me a DM and let me know how much it's helping you. I started this business to help women create their best lives ever, to heal from pain and just to improve their mental and emotional health and getting these messages reminds me that there are women listening to what I have to say. It's not just me talking to this abyss every week. There's women that I'm helping, whether they pay me as clients or whether they soak up all my free content, it doesn't matter. I'm helping and that's what matters. That's what makes me so freaking happy. So again, a massive, massive thank you to those of you that have reached out. All right, on to today's topic, good old work-life balance, something that I think we all struggle from from time to time. I'm going to share how I like to think about work-life balance as well as some tools and strategies to help you create the sometimes seemingly elusive thing we call work-life balance. You ready? Let's dive in. So I never really used to think too much about work-life balance because for the most part in my past careers, like I loved what I did. I was happy to work long hours, take work home at night, work the odd weekend or what have you. And of course that was all before I became a wife and a mum. And my time was further divided and had to, you know, spend time obviously with my family. Um, And then I became a single mum, a single mum who worked full time from home and traveled interstate for work, which I did for about seven years since my daughter was uh, almost two. Uh, And while I worked hard, I did set boundaries around my time. And even though it was far from perfect, I think I had an okay balance. And then I joined the finance industry as a mortgage broker. As you probably have heard, if you've listened to this podcast or been in my community for a while, I cut my salary by two thirds and a lot of my balance went out the window. I'd come home from the office, fly past my parents' house who lived around the corner to pick my daughter and my dog up who had to go there because she had anxiety. She was very, uh, <laughs> she was beautiful, but she was a bit needy. So she used to go to doggy daycare as well. So I'd pick them up, I don't know, six o'clock, whatever it was, rush home to make dinner as literally as quickly as I could, get my daughter bathed and ready for bed. And then I'd often hop back on my emails. 
And I quite often also be taking client calls while making dinner. It was a high stress, really busy role that only became more so when I took over the business. And look, I did have some boundaries. I didn't take appointments on weekends like some other mortgage brokers did. I always explain that to clients, that's family time. And if I was doing something with my daughter, I'd let the phone go to message bank. You know, if we were eating a meal together or whatever it might be, I was reading her a story, whatever, I definitely you know, had boundaries around that. I would call the clients back later. But that period of my life, that nine years, was perhaps the worst in my life for balance. And part of the reason that I sold that business is I just wanted some more time back and some more freedom. Um, And these days, thankfully, right now, it might change moving forward. Who knows? But right now, I have more work-life balance than I can ever remember. And it's so, so good. So... I heard a speaker a number of years ago and his name escapes me now. It was Martin something and I cannot remember for the life of me his last name. He was a British guy. But his keynote was around work-life balance. And one thing he said that has stayed with me over the past few years since I heard this keynote that I want to share with you is this. Don't measure your work-life balance over short time periods. So don't measure it over you know, daily or don't measure it perhaps even weekly, measure it over a longer time period. So he spoke about his travel for his job. And obviously when, you know, he was going away for work, it was pretty much all work. And if he measured his work-life balance during those trips, he'd have none, right? Because he was away for work. Um, but that leading up to his trips and when he got home, he spent more time with his children. And he also spoke about the small little things we can do to create balance and spend time with our loved ones. And he shared a story which I loved um, about having a milkshake with his son and taking him to school. Like his son was only little. So he took his son to school one day and they had a, um, a, you know, a milkshake together and his son told him it was the best day of his life. Oh my God, it was so cute. Like no fancy schmancy, just school drop off and a milkshake. And that made that child's apparently life (laughs) so cute. So if you've been measuring your work-life balance in daily chunks, like I've got to get two hours to myself today, you know, to create balance, or I've got to do this to create balance today, maybe look at measuring it or assessing it over a longer time period. It's not about creating, like I said, X amount of hours in our day for family or for you, but how could you create time in perhaps a week, a fortnight or a month? Especially if you're doing, you know, like the example of um, the keynote speaker that I mentioned, you know, he traveled for work. So there was, he knew that there was going to be times when work-life balance just didn't, it just wasn't there. And he was okay with that. And he made up for that and did other things in the times that he was there. You know, if you're working on a big project for work, you've got a deadline uh, or whatever it might be. You know, there's going to be those times where you don't necessarily have balance. But what you can do is instead of beating yourself up for it, is be aware of it and make time for balance when the project is done, when you're home from your work trip or before you go, whatever it might be. So as you heard above, I totally get how hard it can be to create balance. 
as a mum and especially as a single mum, us women still take on more of the caregiver roles than our male counterparts. And I did pull a stat from the ABS, which for those of you who aren't in Australia is the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And they did a study in 2021. And I'm going to quote some stats for you here, which you may or may not be aware of. So on average, females spent four hours and 30, 31 minutes. I don't know how they get 31, like who tracks that, but okay. Females spent four hours and 31 minutes a day doing unpaid work activities. Males spent over an hour less on these activities, averaging three hours and 12 minutes. I'm laughing because like 12 minutes, really? Who does that granular uh, checking? But anyway, three hours and 12 minutes. So that's seven hours a week or a whole working day a week that women are spending on unpaid work activities more than their male, male counterparts. Also, less than half of males, it's 42%, spent time on housework compared to 70% of females. Mothers spent an average of three hours and 34 minutes participating in childcare activities a day, while fathers spent two hours and 19 minutes. Again, that adds up to seven or more hours each week that we're spending on those activities. And that doesn't even factor in the mental load that women carry, that ongoing mental to-do list or worry list and overseeing and delegating all of the things that need to happen in the household. Kids and partners might help with chores, the groceries and cooking, but it's usually us mums who are in charge of overseeing it and make sure all that stuff happens and you know, obviously delegating it. And then there's the conditioning that we have to be super mum. We have to hold it all together at work and home, keep our houses a certain way, nice and clean, you know, everything in its place. Is it any freaking wonder that we find it hard to create work-life balance? And now don't get me wrong. I know some of you are men and I know some of you are listening. I am not negating that you guys find work-life balance hard as well, not by any means, but those statistics show that women do and are spending more time on unpaid work every single week and also the mental load as well. So what can we do as women? How the heck do we create balance when we have got so many balls in the air that we are juggling? I've got a few tips for you so you might want to grab out a pen and paper now or come back to this later the um the it'll all be in the show notes as well if you want to come back but first of all one thing you can do is stop saying you're too busy and that you don't have time even if you feel it and even if it's true saying it just makes you feel crappy it makes you feel busier and it actually limits you from thinking of ways to create more time Your brain's not actively seeking for solutions when you're shutting it down by saying, I'm too busy, I don't have time. You know, so so changing that mental dialogue or external dialogue. I've stopped saying I'm too busy and I always say, of course I've got time. And it's just made such a difference. Guess what? I found more time. And yes, that was before I sold my other business. (laughs) So stop saying you're too busy and that you don't have time. It's limiting your brain from thinking of ways that you can create more time. The next tip 
have a look at what you're saying yes to that you could be saying no to. Are there social functions that you literally drag your ass to? (laughs) Are there people that you're spending time with because it's the right thing to do? Are there tasks you're taking on at work maybe because your colleague Sue doesn't do it and you might as well so you know that it's going to be done right? Are there chores the teens could be doing even if they're not done to your standard? So it's okay to say no, right, to things without a long-winded excuse. Thanks for the invite, but I can't make it is sufficient. Again, that's something that I've done. I used to come up, if I wanted to say no or felt I didn't want to go to something, I I felt that I needed to have this big, long-winded excuse, like a story to back up my no, but we don't. Thanks for the invite, but I can't make it is sufficient. We don't have to make up stories, tell little white lies or anything like that. The next one, are there boundaries that you could set? Do you, like I used to, have clients calling you at six o'clock when you're trying to make dinner or on the weekends? Now, I know in some professions, like if you're in real estate, of course, clients are going to call you on weekends, but usually a real estate agent will take time off during the week. So replace weekends with Mondays, whatever it is. So do you have clients calling you out of hours, whatever your hours are? Are there people who show up unannounced at your house on the regular that you could ask if they could please call first before they come over? Again, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I teach my clients how to set boundaries from love and integrity. The other one, more than ever, I think since COVID, flexible and work from home options are real these days. And more and more companies, certainly a lot of the bigger companies, the the global companies are definitely embracing it. If you live in the city, this could literally save you two hours a day in travel time. And this could be a great way to help create balance for you. And if you don't ask for it, you don't get, right? So if this is something that you'd like to explore, ask your boss. At my old business, I had a team member who wanted to leave early a couple of days a week. I actually sat my team down and asked them what was important to them about, you know, their jobs. What would they like to see? You know, if they could write a list of anything, what would they like? And they were all different. But one of the team members wanted to leave early a couple of days a week. So she had time to go to the gym and running around, you know, doing those chores that you find it hard to do in office hours. So we agreed for her to start at 7.30 and finish at 4.30, two days a week. She was happy, happy, happy employee. And I was happy as well. And I also offered another team member who was traveling a fair distance to work for her to work from home a couple of days a week. It's so much easier these days than ever before. You have to also be conscious about balance. You have to prioritize it. Put things like exercise, hobbies, beauty treatments into your schedule and stick to them. Even a 10 minute walk, that can do wonders. Again, you don't have to measure balance on a daily time frame some days or weeks your balance might suck (laughs) and other days or weeks you might have heaps more and that's okay so which of these tips will you look at taking action on creating awareness about how you're talking to yourself about time and stop saying you're too busy and you don't have time start saying no instead of yes 
setting a boundary or two, <laughs> looking at flexible working arrangements or changing the way, just changing the way that you measure work-life balance. So don't just listen to this episode. If you're feeling you don't have much balance, you have to make a change. So just start with one of these strategies and implement it today. Okay, thank you so much for listening as usual. I love, love hearing from you. So please feel free to DM me over on Instagram. Kaya, K-A-I-A underscore Hunter, and let me know your biggest takeaway or the one thing that you're going to implement from today's episode, okay? All right, until next week, have the best week ever. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Brave podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, if you've liked this episode, you're going to love my free video and guide. Stop letting fear hold you back. Start feeling confident and brave. I share a simple strategy you can start using today to help you feel more confident and brave. Learn the strategy in this video and you can use it on any negative emotion at any time. You can download it via the show notes. See you next week.